to another episode of High on Horror. I'm one of your hosts, Miles, and today I'm joined by Josh. What up, Josh? Hey, how's it going, everybody? And Chris. What up, Chris? What up? <laughs> Chris is dressed like the heavyweight champion of the world on his way to the <laughs> ring. <laughs> 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 Uh, yes, back at it again, fellas. Very exciting. None of us are wearing white vans, to my knowledge. And damn uh, Daniel, damn <laughs> Daniel. I want to just bring this in as my open every time. It's just, are we wearing white vans? The answer is no. Uh, I was playing Guess Who with my daughter today, and my person's name was Daniel, and I had to fight the urge to say "Damn Daniel" the whole time because I'm like, it'll give it away. She'll know who I am. <laughs> I always wanted to play subjective guess who, where you're like, does this guy look like he works in Subway? (laughs) Dude, let me tell you, Subway, uh, not Subway, (laughs) guess who has changed since we were children. Really? This motherfucker came with a board, like you don't have the individual person cards anymore, it's a board that slides in, and then like it has all the blocks, but it's double-sided. So they're the same people on the other side, but they're all superheroes and shit. So you have like dare, different characteristics to ask different questions and shit. I don't think like, I Does understand. your character have laser vision? Like it's like a card, a piece of cardboard that has every little person's block on it. Oh, so you they can You slide that into a grid of plastic blocks so it all lines up. But you can take it out and turn it around and it has different fucking characters on it. Huh. I would lose that. Oh, yeah, that sounds difficult. But. I fucking dominate this seven-year-old girl. <laughs> <laughs> you think I go hard on those kids? I'm training warriors, motherfucker. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, did we do anything spooky since we last convened? I've been working on a uh, a puzzle, a horror-themed puzzle that came in a little tiny box, and it turns out to be ginormous. I don't have a piece of cardboard big enough in my house to house it, so that way if we have to move it, it's literally going to be a nightmare. So, yeah, it's got all the horror figures on it. It's pretty dope. What'd you do, Chris? I turned 30, which was scary. I know the feeling. Yeah. Oh, you have no idea, son. Give it a few years. <laughs> this decade's going to rock your fucking world. <laughs> the ultimate in terror, the ultimate force in terror, aging. Um, yeah, so besides that, um, I watched The Last of Us, the, yeah. the premiere of that show, which was sick as hell. And, um, yeah, that's... Uh, I've, I've been pretty busy, so I haven't been watching any horror stuff. Um, I did watch this war movie called Beasts of No Nation, and it's about child soldiers. That was pretty fucking <laughs> horrible. Is that Idris Elba? Yeah, it was an incredible film, but oh my god. Yeah, I wanted to watch that. That sounds very similar to our movie, World War Werewolf. <laughs> <laughs> Which what is about not you, what we're Josh? covering today. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, what, no. What about you for spooky stuff? I have I have a very special spooky stuff this week because both of my beautiful boys here celebrated their day of birth. And, and I thought, what better way to celebrate that than commiserating it with a custom-made metalcore song? <laughs> By your very own Josh. Just for my two beautiful boys. So go, you go ahead and listen, let's listen to this. Long ago, the all-father Kakoa Shaw blessed the world with two miracles in the same month. Those two men were definitely Kakoa Shaw approved. Get my boys! Get my boys! Get my boys! that was incredible (laughs) now let me tell you the amount of love that went into this i spent a good two hours listening to copyright free music (laughs) trying to find just the perfect one that was suitable for my two gentlemen here i'm gonna give you the name of it right now because it has a dope ass name the name of the song is uh, Leviathan. 
Oh, that was incredible. Wow. So happy birthday, boys. Thank you. That was amazing. Thank you, thank Josh. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Josh. <laughs> and to go along with that, the actual horrifying thing was my son's reaction <laughs> because he was sitting across <laughs> the room from me as I, without music, just started screaming into a microphone, Chad, baby! <laughs> <laughs> So <laughs> when I'm done, he got up, walked over, and said, "Are you okay?" <laughs> <laughs> oh man, thank you, man. That was fun. Chad, <laughs> <laughs> babies. God. Yep, I'm 32 now. Hooray! Another year for the Jan babies. The cold <laughs> embrace of death approaches. <laughs> And that's why you should get high on horror. <laughs> Goodness, I don't know how to recoil from that. I guess we'll just get into the movie. <laughs> Jen babies. Jen babies. Um, yep, so here we are. And we're talking about a movie that came out last year that I finally got around to watching called Black Phone. The Black Phone. Black like a Nokia. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, we uh, we watched this movie. I just listened to Josh's Christmas special where you guys ranked your movies, and I think it made it into the top five of all of yours, right? Um, I don't think it was in mine. I think it was only in Tammy's. Because Tammy had only seen seven movies, so <laughs> <laughs> narrowing her list down to five was not very hard. Or very hard, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, we definitely talked we talked definitely talked about Black Phone for a little bit. I uh I'm the kind of person who avoids trailers like the plague. Like as soon as I see the first trailer, I cut it out midway through and go, I wanna see that, or else I watch the whole thing if I don't give a shit. So I avoided the black phone trailers like crazy, and everyone says the best parts of the movie were in the trailer, and it seems like I feel you like it was that. the first trailer. I feel like the first trailer showed me the whole fucking movie. Yep, I ducked out of it. I didn't need to see it. So, um, anticipation was dashed, or did it kind of meet the expectations? What do you guys think? Uh, I think it met my expectations for what when I saw the trailer and how hyped I was for it. I feel like it did take me like a week to see it after it came out, and a couple of people that I hold in high regard were like, this is the best movie of the year. This movie's incredible. And then I saw it, and I was like, this movie's fine. Like, this movie's good, but it's not, you know, it's not upper echelon because nothing else, like, nothing else of suspense really happens in the movie that you don't see in the trailer. I, I really enjoyed it, and... But I, I think I was expecting something a little different, like a little bit more hardcore than what we ended up getting and some more actual like scares in the film. Um, after, Especially after seeing Scott Derrickson's other work, like uh, Sinister. Uh, yeah. I was expecting some brutal shit, to be honest. So it wasn't that type of movie. Um, so it wasn't... I It didn't like deliver as a horror movie for me, it was a great like thriller, like serial killer film. Yeah. Watching this, I'm realizing that Stephen King and Joe Hill kind of have this thing in common where it's like great elements of a plot, not the best delivery of horror. Like even uh, Stephen King's the King of horror. I get it. But also his earlier work is doesn't, I don't know. Did he, was he groundbreaking? Probably. But I wasn't there for the groundbreaking bits. I was there for being like, oh, this is a classic kind of, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you don't watch somebody, like, you don't watch a classic. Everyone says, oh, it's a classic. You have to watch it. But that usually means it's pretty good for a general audience, not the, like, hardcores. And we're all hardcore here. So it it didn't really strike me as, like, a mind bender or, oh, man, this was so crazy. It was more like, a, oh, this is an interesting story. They've got neat little elements to it, but overall not scary at all. Yeah. I also feel much like a Stephen King movie. This movie does not really nail the landing either. Not that the ending's bad. It just kind of ends on like a whimper. 
doesn't I don't feel like it has a very climactic third act. I feel like it just kind of like it gets figured out and it's solved and yeah. happy ending. It's like I don't feel like their fight is very climactic. Like the the booby traps that he's able to set up are very minimum, so none of them really feel super effective. Yeah. And they don't like fully lean into the supernatural aspect. Like I was hoping all these ghost kids would show up and fucking attack this dude. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, I agree. I I think uh how would I put this? Like the focus on the kid getting out as opposed to us seeing like the the grabber like actually killing some of these kids in real time. Like had that been in the film, I think, instead of alluded to, uh that it could have been like a much more intense movie. Yeah. I did like the story element of like not seeing exactly what's going on and just like knowing like oh this the grabber gets them and then you kind of like they slowly reveal the black balloons and the van and all that and mm-hmm. it's not he's not just like ooh I've got candy come on in like there's a little bit more to it than that but at the same time it's it's not enough. You don't feel satisfied. Like, I don't feel satisfied with any element of the movie. Like, the little girl has dreams that are, like, leading up to figuring the, the crime out or whatever. Those could have been a little bit more intense. The kid getting grabbed was pretty quick and, and done. And him being in the place also was somehow too much of the movie and not enough of the movie like not enough happened <laughs> while he was while he was in the room not enough happened to justify how much time they spend on it but also when he's trying to get out like it I couldn't have, have said it better family. myself I yeah, really like, couldn't like too way too much time spent and not enough action going on like give me you know multiple three minute cuts of him like being there for a while. And yeah, all yeah. the all the crazy shit that the grabber is doing. I also feel like there there are. I always kind of. I feel like I point these out, and I never want to sound like a I think I know better type of person. But like, I feel like there's small changes you could make to this movie. Even though I th- I think we all think this movie is good. I don't think any of us think. Yeah. This, do you think this movie's bad? Yeah, I like this movie. Hmm. Yeah. I just it's not. I had high hopes for it, hoping that it would be like a new horror classic. I don't think it's like on that level. No. I, but I would still, if someone was like, oh, I'm thinking of watching Black Bone, I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's fun. Like, go for it. I'd, I'd recommend it. But it's like, I feel like there are little tweaks. Like, maybe if we never saw Ethan Hawke's face, that would have added like an element to it. Like, if he just, because he's like a snatcher. So yeah. you don't really need... He has, like, his own different, like, persona when he's the Snatcher. He looks like a fucking comic book villain. Yeah, <laughs> he's got a hat. Like, you're not very inconspicuous. You got a calling card of leaving black balloons <laughs> at your fucking, like, Snatch sites. Like, uh, and he's got the top hat, and you're very pale. <laughs> uh, like, I think maybe if you just, like, they got snatched by a dark figure in the night, like, you could have made that very creepy. And then if he's always wearing that kick-ass mask that he has, that would be fucking terrifying as well. But you see a lot of his face and him just kind of being a weird guy. The three-piece kabuki mask is pretty cool, though. Yeah, I was going to say, I think definitely the, the number one highlight of this film is I feel like the uh, little boy and his sister are both, very, like, they're good sister's actors. Sister's great. Sister's yeah. the best love, part of this love movie. Love the sister. And then, obviously, Ethan Hawke's character, like, his portrayal. So, like, the strong acting anchors this film with a story that isn't, like, fully fleshed out, but it's... The acting is good enough and the story is interesting enough to where it's like definitely worth the watch is my overall opinion on this film. Yeah. That little girl's fucking great. When she said, What the fuck, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> I lost my goddamn mind. This little girl prays. She like has a whole like ritual for praying. She like takes out a Bible and a crucifix and all this stuff and she prays to Jesus to help find her brother and then she doesn't get a result that day. So then she does the whole thing again and <laughs> immediately starts by going, What the fuck, Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, when she cracked that one kid upside his head with a freaking yeah, brick. she 
Richter. <laughs> I was like, this girl is badass. Yeah, so, okay, the movie starts with a lot of bullying. There's a lot of bullying going on, and, like, I don't know about the 80s. I asked my mom, I was like, in the 80s, did people really kick the living shit out of each other like that? Like, was the bullying so prevalent that people's ribs were getting cracked? And she was like, nah. Yeah, that's some Midwest <laughs> shit right there, dude. That's all, like, you know, all you ever see in the, in the movies for that is, like, the schools. It's like, that's some fucking farm towns. Farm kids are fucking rough as fuck. <laughs> Apparently so. They're raised to kill things. <laughs> And these kids certainly were, and the the main kid gets his ass kicked, but he doesn't fight back ever, which becomes a, a plot point in the movie that he doesn't fight back, because he always gets up, which I wouldn't, getting kicked in the ribs over and over by three dudes, fuck that, I'd be down, and like, somebody call the ambulance, we're suing people, somebody get the money together, call a lawyer, but uh, they, uh, this kid does not. Well, yeah, and... Because of this bullying, we get introduced to one of the best characters in the whole film outside of the main cast. We meet Robin, who is who I like to call the karate kid. Yes. He's the best. Trained, He's the best kid in this movie. <laughs> trains with Mr. Miyagi is standing up for uh for Finney, like against the bullies and like makes it a point to let the bullies know that like he'll beat the shit out of them. And but this is all like introduced with him just beating the fuck out of this one kid <laughs> which is i couldn't believe robin got got that's how i knew ethan hawk was a force to be right <laughs> toughest kid in town literally, literally. robin though like Ro robin beat the shit out of this kid who had 60 pounds on him like there's no way that robin could take that kid but it's always the ones that are beanstalks man don't fuck with those guys they'll fuck you up <laughs> yeah Robin but threw down. Robin threw down, and he was just like, you fuck with my friends, I'll fuck you up. And as soon as Robin disappeared, the moment he disappeared, <laughs> the bullies were like, okay, now we can beat him up, right? Yeah. <laughs> we just saw him get abducted. Now let's go find that kid and beat the shit out of him. <laughs> also, the little girl is like, with all the psychic shit, like she ends up getting beat by her father. Um, for speaking to detectives uh, based on a dream that she had about one of the kids who had gone missing. And uh, Bruce was his name. <clears throat> Which, again, all of the psychic stuff doesn't really add up to a whole lot at the end, but it's in there. It's in there. <laughs> it's, that's the Stephen King element. Like He was like, Dad, what do I add to this story? I don't know. And he's like, well, have you tried adding a little bit of ESP in there? You got some ESP in there? <laughs> and he's like, great, Dad. That's a good idea. But the guy who played the dad in this movie is pretty good. He plays Faraday in Lost. And yeah. I'm pretty sure he plays Charles Manson in a movie. And uh, I've definitely seen him in other things before. Yeah, yeah, he's pretty good. He's a good actor. He has quite the range. He's in um, the Hannibal series. He plays a guy who literally got kicked in the head by a horse. And uh, <laughs> yeah, he's like he's a really really good actor. He just uh, I think he's got uh, quite the range. Like I don't have anything bad to say about him because sometimes he plays a mousy little dude. Sometimes he plays an abusive dad. So he's kind of got the whole world working for him. And his motivation to be an abusive dad is that his wife had the vision and then she killed herself based on her dreams. So he's just like, you don't see nothing. Get that out of your head. And uh, it, I, I kind of get it. Like the love of your life killed themselves for this reason. And then your kid starts to show the same thing. Like that sounds terrible. I can't imagine yeah. being in that dude's shoes. Well, the grabber eventually snatches Finney, which is a pretty cool, like the the way that it's done. I find it very interesting. Like it's a very fluid, uh, like fluid scene when it comes to him actually like drugging the kids and snatching them. I think that's like on purpose too. Like it's like to push the point of. Yeah, he's got this down. Like, oh yeah, he's taking this many kids. <laughs> yeah, like this sure. motherfucker is stacking bodies. 
And then we get introduced to my favorite character, which is the Snatcher's brother. (laughs) High on cocaine. And he calls the cops. He's like, it's in this area where we happen to be standing. It's in this area is where this guy lives. And the cops are just like, you should clean up your cocaine before you call the cops. And they left. And he's just like, fuck. could, could, Could Ethan Hawke be fucking like risking his whole murder thing anymore than like... You, your brother that lives upstairs is actively investigating you. <laughs> you just are lucky he's too stupid to put together that there's a screaming child in the basement. <laughs> I also like that it was the that's the police officer from the sinister <clears throat> from sinister. Is it? Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, he uh, most shocking death in the film for sure. Yes. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> when it finally does go down, you're just like, oh, there's kind of what I thought was going to be happening in the entire movie. Okay, I see you. I love when Ethan Hawke freaks out on the kid, and he's like, I just killed my own brother for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guy's like, do you want to know how I found you? <laughs> it's like, no, get me the <laughs> fuck out of here. <laughs> but... We're jumping all over the plot here. He just, he snatches the kid. The kid goes into this room and he hears the black phone that's not connected to the wall ringing quite a bit. And on the other end of the phone are all the kids that Ethan Hawke has killed. And they all have little lessons for him that turn out to be like elements of his final trap. But there's a yeah, couple... Like a, like a bunch of little Mr. Miyagi's. <laughs> <laughs> Teach him. Stuff the phone. Yeah. <laughs> pull the wire out of the ground and it, but like this maneuver is called dig the hole <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely a point in this movie though where he has all the tools to escape and he just doesn't like he's pulled the grate off of the window he could stack up the 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 carpets climb up there and use the back of the toilet to break the window and he'd be out but instead he just loses hope even though he's just right there he can have it he digs a hole in a wall with a toilet the back of a toilet at one point which was extremely square, by the way. It was perfect. The person who designed the set had OCD. And uh, it, <laughs> he ends up in the freezer with steaks and stuff. And the whole time, Ethan Hawke's giving him, like, weird Shasta Colas or some shit. And uh, he has broken glass. He could get stabbing. He doesn't do any of that. There's so many things in this movie that are like, you could have gone about this in a smarter, more brutal way. And they're just like... Maybe we can get a PG-13 audience. Can we do it? <laughs> Am I remembering right? He does get caught at one point, too, right? Dude, yeah. that was. But probably... then it's just a minor inconvenience of him doing the exact same thing over again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he gets the combination to the lock to get out. He sneaks up while the grabber's asleep and tries to sneak out. He gets out, and the grabber grabs him in the like in the night and brings him right back. And that's when he's officially a naughty boy. That was like probably the most intense scene of the film outside of the kill at the end was when he like made it out onto the lawn. Yeah. Oh my God. Like the scene where he's, uh, where the grabber is just sitting there in the chair with his shirt off, just <laughs> fully twerked up. Getting ready he's to oddly whip. ripped. He's ripped in a weird way for a man his age. It's unsettling. <laughs> He's ripped in a realistic way. Like, I don't know what the grabber does for a living, but he definitely, like, if you've ever seen an older man who could rip your face off, that's what they look like. <laughs> like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's not a steroid man. He, he legit worked out, unlike the Marvel people. He, like, no, no testosterone. He's out there fucking crushing it. And, uh, yeah, man's got cardio, let me tell you. <laughs> Yeah, fuck the, the Marvel cast. I mean, if, if ever there was evidence, <laughs> if ever there was evidence of steroid use, you could see it in all the Marvel movies. So, yeah, but he was—he's like real jacked, like not like you can't spray paint abs on that guy. He's sitting there breathing heavy with a, a belt in his hand, ready for whipping. <laughs> well, it's weird. It's weird for Ethan Hawke because he's always been so skinny. Yeah, true. And he also literally did a Marvel thing after, right after this movie. <laughs> he's the bad guy in fucking Moon Knight. Yeah, but he doesn't take his shirt off and he's walking around with a cane. 
Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, like, he bulked up and then bulked down. <laughs> like, it would have been sick if he, if he took his shirt off and he was just absolutely ripped in Moon Knight. Yep, <laughs> his gray hair just walking around. I'm seeking peace. <laughs> <laughs> Flexes. Yep, so uh, let's talk about Ethan Hawke's mask a little bit more. He's got three pieces to it, and I feel like depending on when he comes down, each piece missing is like... He's revealing something about himself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's kind of yeah. like he has split personalities, but it's his personalities are just kind of like his emotions. Yes. Yeah. But like, wait, well, does he? I thought he did have split personalities though, because he like refers to the other personality as the one that's like the Punisher. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's kind of like uh, the guy from Split. Yeah, a little bit. Like the when except he doesn't have super strength. <laughs> when the top one is missing, he seems to be more compassionate, and when the bottom one is missing, he's like angrier. But that middle piece seems to be like when when our forces combine, we form a sociopath. Like he's it's I don't know. Like there's he takes off random pieces at random times. It's kind of hard to put your finger on why. I like it best when it's all together. It is pretty cool looking. Yeah. yeah. I wish he had just gotten like different mouthpieces or something. Like I wish his face had been covered at all times. I know you guys didn't rewatch it, but when he first comes down, there's like uh it, his face looks different. Like his mask looks different. It almost looks like uh like uh the infinity symbol or like a question mark. It looks completely different in the very first time you see him and then you don't see that again. I could be wrong, but I feel like that was the case. Do you guys remember that at all? I don't know. No. Yeah, I feel like he had a separate mask at the beginning, but I'm often wrong about a great many things. So, I don't know. But he the mask definitely is super prevalent to his behavior, but they don't focus on it, which they should have. Because that was an element of this movie that was missing, is like any depth to the bad guy at all. Yeah, it would be kind of interesting if the kids had also told Finney about, like, you know, the grabber's personality changes based on his mask. Like, if they had just mentioned it, you know? Or if there was any prelude to him losing his mask makes him feel weird. They take it off at the end and he's just like, oh my god, no! But, like, it doesn't seem like that should have had that effect on him, but they make it such a, a point in the movie. Yeah, and I mean, he's got to be okay without with having no mask on because he goes out like, and he's around his brother. He's definitely not wearing a mask when he's trying to seem like a normal guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? He wasn't wearing a mask when he abducted the kid. He was just wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and Finney's smart because all of the clues the grabber gives him, he like picks up on right away. He's like, well, some something's happening. He's like, are the cops here? And he's like, not the cops. And he's like, oh, so somebody else is here. And he's like, wait. Did I say that? But he won't hear you. And it's like, oh, so it's a guy. And it's like, fuck. <laughs> like, the grabber just drops the ball like three times in the very beginning. So and he has his rocket ship pen. There's a point but where... But also, what does he want from them? Because he doesn't do anything with them. He wants them to behave against his rules. He wants them to be bad boys. So as soon as they break any of his rules, which is like, stay down here or make sure you eat your food or whatever. Anytime that you disobey his rules, then you're a bad boy and he can punish you. And that's his whole game is he wants to punish. Yeah. But I mean for a horror movie, he should have some serious punishments, but you don't really see anything, you know what I mean? He doesn't yeah. come downstairs and kick the shit out of that kid real real bad or anything. When he leaves the door ajar, they explain to him, like, if you go up there, he's going to beat you so bad that, like, you're going to cry piss blood. Like, don't go up there right now. It's a bad idea. But he does they don't show any of it. They just allude to it. Mm-hmm. Is this movie PG-13? Because I feel like it is. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of language, but, I mean, there's no, it's not very brutal. Not at all. And they left a lot of room for brutality. Maybe the unrated <laughs> director's cut is the actual movie that you should see. Sometimes they do that with horror movies. It's like... No, it's rated R. Yeah, but I feel like they I can't imagine for what. 
That's part Google of the... also lists it as coming out in 2021, even though it did not. No. That's part of the reason why I, like, was expecting this movie to be more hardcore is because it was rated R. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and there's a lot of movies like this that, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been surprised if this was PG-13, even though it's like we're dealing with some heavy shit, but, like, it's not like a slasher. It's not like a, it's not hostile or anything like that. Like, so there's all these different, like, points on the spectrum it could hit, but it doesn't really dive deep enough onto any of them to be like, oh, this is this, this is this. It's just kind of like, it's just a horror movie. Like, yeah. I feel like this had the potential of having the suspense and, like, drama of something like Seven, but it's just not... I don't, sometimes I feel like... I don't know. It's weird. Chris this is bouncing around a black balloon yeah. right now. What the fuck? Dedication. <laughs> Dedication to what we're doing here. <laughs> He's been sitting on this the whole time. <laughs> had to, had to but, whip it out. Like, this movie's not a comedy or anything, but it's not as serious as it could be. Right. You could yeah. You could have made a much more serious and realistic movie with this dark of fucking you know subject matter but you didn't you just made a kind of you know your everyday i feel like this is like on the level of like i don't know i haven't seen any of these other movies to compare it to but like production wise it kind of looks like uh like james wan movies yeah or like disturbia is equally as disturbing like it's really not yeah anything crazy at all yeah it's more like I said. It's more of a thriller than a horror. And if they had leaned more into the horror aspect of one, making it scarier, and two, maybe having a little more violence or a little more gore in general, like I feel like this movie could have been, like, you know, it could have been, in my opinion, better. I also feel like we got a lot of movies like this in the like mid to late two thousands. Yeah. But instead of a young boy, it was like a hot seventeen year old girl. Right. <laughs> like there's there's definitely one with the what's her name? Uh Elijah Cuthbert where she's locked in a basement. There's Black Snake Moan. There's all a bunch of movies of like <laughs> Black Snake girls trapped Moan. in basements. Not a horror movie. <laughs> but, no, but I mean all those types of, there was a bunch of movies like this around the time of all genres. Yeah. Yeah. I think if they had focused more on the grabber and had like a weird relationship with a neighbor who was really nosy or something and gave him somebody to kill in the meantime of all of this stuff going on and been like, oh, they almost uncovered me. That would have made this movie way better. Yeah. And the fact that you could, you did, they did pretty much reveal this whole main character story in the trailer. But I feel like that they could have maybe showed you a lot more of like, not having the main character be kidnapped for the whole movie. He could have just been kidnapped at the end and overcame the bad guy because, like, maybe he was getting visions of ghosts. Like, you could have combined him and his sister's character to where he was getting visions, but it was of the other kids that were dying. And they'd be like, hey, I hid this in the room here, so if you ever get captured, it's here, and blah, 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 blah. Instead of just the whole time, it's just kind of the same thing over and over and over again. It's like he waits for the phone to ring. Phone tells him something new. He does it. (laughs) Right. Okay, so towards the end of the movie, he rips the receiver off of the black phone and stuffs it with dirt to make it his weapon. He had way more effective weapons in there, too. He, had, <laughs> he did. He yeah. had broken bottles. He had a fucking toilet, the back of a toilet. He had ropes. He had all kinds of means. But instead, he's, he does a four-punch montage of learning how to swing a phone as a weapon for no reason other than the movie's called Black Phone, so it must be the most important thing. We need to also make it the weapon. It felt very forced. Make a man, you must be swift as a coursing river. <laughs> Would have been dope if they had that playing in the background. This big jacked man adult, is he steps in a little divot, and it's, <laughs> it's like he broke his leg all the way up to the hip. <laughs> like, it was and a- he was useless, and then gets beaten to death with a phone while he has a thick mask on his face. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely video game logic, too, on how he beats him. It's like, wait for him to attack. Okay, he missed. Now hit him. Yeah. Okay, now he yeah. missed. Hit him. <laughs> Back forward, B. Back forward, B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But he and the, there's the dog too, which is like not a story element until the end, and then he changed the dog up so the dog can't do anything anyway. And it's like, why dog? Why dog? Dog was scary though. Given that dog was dog scary, was but dog scary. played no part in the movie other than being there. And his brother was not like, yeah, where'd the dog go for like twelve hours? <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know. The, the kid's plot was like tripping with the tripwire. He falls into a hole that I've taken quite a long time to dig with the back of a toilet. And he falls in there and then I punch him with a phone a bunch. And then that's that. Like so many better ways to just one stab with a broken bottle could have done it. But yeah, my my problems with this movie are just like I feel like obvious. There's just so many more obvious ways to have done everything in this movie too. But it would have been like, you know, like oh, turn off the lightsaber and turn it back on. You know what I mean? Like, clearly <laughs> yeah. easy ways to do it, and it's just more cinematic if you don't. He definitely should have caved his skull in with the back of the toilet. Yeah. Like, that's... that's Anyone, if you're in a dangerous situation, you can get to a bathroom. <laughs> that porcelain, that heavy-ass porcelain top of the back of a toilet, swing that motherfucker like a sledgehammer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Evil yeah, Dead style. <laughs> they're going down for the count. You hit him in the head with that. But if you miss, you're in trouble. Crush so. the head. <laughs> um, yeah, like at the end of Saw. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Poor, poor Zep gets his brain escaped. <laughs> <laughs> poor Zep. Oh, Zep. Zep move. <laughs> Zep hive, rise up. I mean, so like the plot of this movie is pretty shallow. The bodies are being put in a, a house across the street in the basement. Not really an important the, plot point. The plot of this movie is almost as shallow as the grave he was burying the children in, next door yes. in. Exactly. Exactly. So, like, I don't know. It, it felt like I was supposed to be a twist, and it absolutely was not a twist at all. And Yeah, just, why was that supposed to be a twist? I don't even understand that. So we've ripped this movie apart. What are some things you guys liked about this movie? Ethan Hawke. <laughs> <laughs> Ethan Hawke was fucking awesome in this. Like him playing a villain was fantastic, and yeah, uh, he's good and he's really creepy, scary dude. That's the big one. I think that's like the main one. Yeah, I mean, I love that girl though. That girl is fucking great. Yeah, she was she had me cracking up the whole time. Yeah, she was good. She made me laugh a few times. The only moments of comedy in this movie were her. I just, I really enjoyed her, and I can't wait to see her in other movies, uh, just in general. But, like, I kind of felt like her plot point, or, yeah, her, like, side plot was kind of strung along, really, more so than anything else. Like, it didn't really feel like it actively contributed to the story, because, like, her finding him is not how he escaped, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he just happens to escape at the moment the police arrive across the street. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I mean, apparently it's very. this was very faithful to the source material of like the short story that was written. So maybe that's just how Joe Hill wrote it. Probably. Yeah. And Joe Hill's a bitch. <laughs> well, <I'm> not- <laughs> but I mean, that is the kind of the difference because you could read this story and this would be a good ending for a book Mm -hmm. because you're also picturing in your mind you can make it kind of as epic as you want to but when you you know when you alter it for for film and make it make it a visual medium is it's like it's just it's a little lackluster of an ending yeah but we're supposed to be talking about good things (laughs) Ethan Uh, (laughs) Hall Uh, we have talked about this a few times on this show, and I think this this is a positive for this movie, is that this movie is set in 1978, and I feel like it really feels like 1978. Like, I feel like they yes. captured, of the time, people act the way they do, things are the way they were, you know, kind of way, except for the extreme bullying. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I always I always like uh, when a movie lands that because sometimes a, a movie could just it looks too glossy and it's like this do- it doesn't feel like the seventies. <laughs> yeah, they definitely like I guess you could call it a period piece in that regard. Like they definitely pushed it 
more they wanted the vibe to be right and they did accomplish that the vibe was right and the kid with the mullet playing uh pinball they made a whole big reveal like we're supposed to know who he is but i looked him up he's famous for this movie why was his <laughs> face like some big reveal i don't get it dude i couldn't believe that they put him in that movie that was crazy i thought he was timothy chalamet at first i was like that would make sense we have an a-list actor here but no it was not <laughs> it was just some kid <laughs> And he happened to have a switchblade, and he really fucked those other kids up for messing up his <laughs> pinball game. But I, the overall, my main take from this that was positive was that it there wasn't enough bad in it for me to say it was bad. That's yeah. my main positive was that it wasn't bad. <laughs> like it's it's not a very constructive criticism, but there weren't enough things in it that I was like, this is bullshit. All of it kind of felt believable, which is the lackluster of it, is that it's believable. Yeah. Yeah. You buy into the narrative of the phone, but everything else is like, yeah, you'd be trapped. Sucks to be you. I feel like my biggest takeaway of this movie, now knowing it was written by Stephen King's son, is that Stephen King's son... Writes exactly like his father does. <laughs> Heavy <laughs> emphasis on bullying, a supernatural element out of nowhere, and a bad ending. <laughs> <laughs> also, children in danger. <laughs> yep, Pennywise came out of the toilet and really fucked everything up. <laughs> yeah, I, um, let's see, other good things about this. I mean, I actually, I liked the whole, like, side story of... Uh, who was the karate kid again? What was his name? Robin. Robin. Yeah, I really, really liked him. Don't forget it. Because, <laughs> like, out of all of the abductions, that was the one where it was like, okay, this guy's, like, serious business. Like, even kids who can, like, take care of themselves will just go missing and they'll be dead. Which I thought was an effective, like, first person to have get kidnapped. I feel like that was his formula, was he picked the tough kid, the kid who just accomplished something, and he would scoop him up and take him. Like, the one kid won the baseball game, the other kid was, like, known for being the toughest, and then when he was gone, the other kid was known for being the toughest, and then uh, <laughs> Finney got the shit kicked out of him, but he got up, so that kid was pretty tough. Like, he picked kids that were at the top of their echelon of either getting the shit kicked out of them or kicking the shit out. I wish we had a scene of like two kids playing pinball in an arcade and fucking <laughs> Ethan Hawk just rolls up on him casually and like leans up against the pinball machine he's like so uh who's the toughest kid in school <laughs> 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 what's the scuttlebutt <laughs> uh, uh, yeah 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 no that's interesting Miles that's a good point he definitely was he was looking for the apex predators except Finney just got grouped in there for being unbreakable yeah so I mean I don't know what else do we have to say about this movie pack some dirt in your black phone <laughs> it's de- it, it's definitely de- it's definitely worth watching yeah well we I feel like we have really shit on this but we didn't mean to <laughs> yeah. uh it's also it's it's kind of, for lack of a better word, disappointment is also a big thing because it was delayed because of COVID. This movie took a while to come out. So you would see the trailer for a long period of time and be like, okay, when's this fucking movie coming out? Yeah. And then it really, but experience it for that long really hypes it up for you. So, I mean, anything under this type of hype is going to kind of, you know, be a little bit of a disappointment. Also, from the advertising, it seemed much more like the ghosts would be more actively involved. Like Josh said, there would be a yeah. supernatural element that came into like the physical realm at some point, and that just they looked- should have held him down while Finny beat his head in with the back of that toilet. Yeah, they yeah. all should have grabbed a limb. I agree. And like the advertising for it was, this is Ethan's Hawks' big return to being creepy. And, like, it was okay. Like, I don't feel like he was a character actor in it. You know what I mean? He wasn't going home every day, like, trying to fixate on what it would be like to kidnap kids. Like, he was just kind of there. He breathes real heavy at one point. 
Like, I, <laughs> I don't know. It, I didn't find any moment of this movie scary. But it was a good yeah. movie. That all said, I enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. Don't think I'm going to watch it again. What are we rating this bad boy? My nomination is Rocket Pens. <laughs> Black Balloons. Black Balloons. That's a good one. Uh, I'll go with Snatcher Vans. <laughs> Snatcher Vans. That's pretty good, too. Let's go with Black Balloons. How many Black Balloons do we give this? 99 Love Balloons. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give it three and a half because I think it's a good movie. Like, I think it comes together and is like, this is a perfect movie to show people who are not really into horror, but can do like more of like the serial killer kind of stuff. Or like a good, like gateway horror movie. Yeah. yeah. Like if someone wants to get into horror, but they don't, you don't want to dive in with some fucking Hellraiser shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let them watch Evil Dead. <laughs> what do you give it, Josh? Uh, yeah, I agree with Chris. I give it a 3.5. I liked it. I didn't walk out of the movie theater disappointed or anything. I just felt just a little bit of like, huh, I thought there'd be more. Yeah. Yeah. Which isn't bad. I mean, it's just it is what it is. It's, it doesn't make it a bad movie at all. Uh, everybody's competent. I think it's filmed well. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll give it 3.5. What about you, buddy? Uh, of our pantheon of high on horror patrons, our uh, our mediocrity one is Ambrose. We're going yeah. for an Ambrose here. We got Ambrose three. McClory. Ambrose. We're getting the Ambrose stamp of approval with a 3.5 from all three of us. It's slightly better than average, but not like nothing to write home about. It is right down the middle line of, okay, it was pretty good horror. Never a disappointment to hand out an Ambrose. No, Ambrose <laughs> is all. Ambrose is king, unless it's Kakao. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, it's like, like there will be me. no false idols here. <laughs> <laughs> Kakao shall reign supreme. <laughs> it's like for for an Ambrose, when we give that out, it means like worth the watch, but definitely don't go into it expecting something amazing. Right, right. And the conversation around this movie is that it's something amazing and I feel like we might just be a little bit more uh, refined on how scary something needs to be or disturbing something needs to be to really get that seal of approval when it's in the genre yeah. I also feel people are kind of like pressured into that because everything nowadays is the best or the worst yeah that's true but that's not fucking true like it's okay for like people are like scared to let something be pretty good or okay or decent. Like, not everything's a grand slam. Like, not everything has to be. It's impossible. With the amount of content we get today, <laughs> most things are not going to be the most brilliant thing you've ever seen in your fucking life. Like, right. You've occupied your time with this piece of media. Do you regret it or do you not? Is not, it's not a yes or no, true or false. Like, back, back before. Netflix was just thumb up or thumb down. It was like yep. you give it stars, and it's like okay, Nazis thumb down. Drinking orange juice after you brush your teeth, thumb down, but not as bad as Nazis, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's a Bill Burr joke, but yeah, it's, it's it's the same time. Like I don't know. I don't like to your point. There is middle ground, and it's acceptable to have middle ground, and this falls in that zone. Pass, fail. Does it pass? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, it does. Does it ace? Ambrose ain't no chump. <laughs> <laughs> does it ace? No, absolutely not. Yep, so there's our, there's our, uh, I think this is our first official Ambrose right there. So, and that's from our late phases werewolf movie review. If you want to understand the Ambrose that's where it comes from. Check out the late phases episode. That's a good time. <laughs> and if it was a ghost movie, we'd call it a Charlotte. So, yeah, he's Dick. a blind, fifty-five plus year old man who kills werewolves. <laughs> <laughs> what could be better? A lot of things because it's in the middle of the road. <laughs> yeah, it's, all, it's pretty decent. It's all right. <laughs> awesome. Maybe watch it sometime. <laughs> 
I just listened to some of our back episodes and I've remembered that we have a link tree. How does that link go? Is this... I I listened to an episode of our backlog the other day where you were like, "We have a link tree." Yep. And I, in my head, I was like, "Motherfucker, we've had the link tree before the podcast even started." <laughs> <laughs> like I'm on top of this. <laughs> I don't. It's remember. literally been in every single social media post. <laughs> Yeah, but we don't talk about it, but <laughs> all you need to do is type H on H pod and you'll find us. We don't need no trees. Who needs trees? Is it, no, it's convenient. I, I feel like sometimes maybe that doesn't help because maybe the casual listener doesn't know what a link tree is. Maybe a hardcore listener doesn't know what a link tree is. <laughs> if you see our social media posts and there's a link in it, that brings you to all of our links. Linktree is a is a website where you can customize a page to have all your links. So like our merch is on there, our Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whole bunch of stuff. We gotta add the Spotify playlist to that as well. Yes. Hey. Hey. Yeah. So, so if you like our if you're trying to get soched up, then yeah. follow the roots to the tree. Yeah. <laughs> the link tree is the epicenter of our soched up society. <laughs> It's like Awa from freaking Avatar. <laughs> or Inya, the musician. <laughs> but yeah, if you go to the socials, you type on H on H pod, you'll find us there. If you want to go to H on H pod dot threadless dot com, you can get yourself a shirt. Ambrose shirt is coming. I'm working on it as we speak right now. I'm conceptualizing an Ambrose shirt and, uh, <laughs> Yep. Maybe you're thinking to yourself lately, how do I make myself look more dead sexy? The best way you do that, you head on over to our Threadless store, you get some of that drip, and it just puts you over from a 10 to an 11. Absolutely, because we know you're all 10s. <laughs> if you're listening to this show... I mean, there's one of you who's not, and I'm not... I don't. We don't need to shed it on you. Like, your it's fine. body can literally be Kakoa Shaw approved. <laughs> Yeah, and we wouldn't want that. Honestly, yeah. maybe if you tweet at him and let him know. Yeah. The only person to deny Kakoa Shaw was Lindsay Lohan, and that means nothing. So yeah, get yourself some Kakoa call the Kakoa Shaw approved shirts. We got a skunk battle shirt. We got the whole kit and caboodle. I'm gonna be getting myself a high on horror T-shirt this week. It's gonna be awesome. I know I should have one, but now I will. Leave us alone! Leave us alone! (laughs) Alrighty, everybody. So remember, life's tough, so why not get high on horror?